Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Giving you the real from A to Z. Surrounding the Dallas Cowboys. News, updates, rumors, transactions, takes, and more. So strap up, Cowboys Nation, and start your day off with A to Z Sports. Live with Will Steele. Three, two, one. Here we go! Good morning, good people. Welcome to A to Z Sports Live. We're streaming live on YouTube. And of course, I am your host, Will Skywalker Steel. Boom! Oh, we back live, baby. We back live. Yesterday, we did our very first installment of our off-season draft coverage with our guy Foots the King. Appreciate y'all for checking out that premiere. We'll be doing a little bit more like that. But today, picking up our hindsight series, talking about one of the most controversial positions on the team, the linebacker position from 2023. Just a positional season review. It's not like we had a lot of them. So it's not going to take that long to cover them, but I will do my best in covering those guys. Plus, in the roundup, uh, I'm going to remind y'all why it is idiotic to put your trust in this family to rebuild and blow it all up. It's stupid. And I'm going to sit here and I'm going to show you a few things of why. And I didn't expect when I posted what I posted on Twitter for it to make it circulation, but it is what it is. It did. And uh, maybe it needed to be reminded because I've been telling y'all here to the bomb squad for the last two seasons that that quote was uh, very telling around this organization. Also, we got some news that uh, are some coaching rumors. Let me say that. Coaching rumors creeping around the Cowboys facility. Uh, We'll touch on that a little bit. I got a feeling it's all much ado about nothing, but that's a part of what's happening around Cowboys. What's good with y'all, Bomb Squad? Bomb Squad! What's happening? What's happening? What's happening? Uh, good, Good weekend of football. Unfortunately, the Cowboys... We're not there, but, you know, I almost did a show, and it's becoming like an annual show at this point. Uh, I often look at the final four teams, and then I say, okay, what, you know, what does this team have, and, and, and how did they build and draft, or what did they do? In free? Like, I almost did that again. I, I did it like three years in a row, um, following, I think, 2020, 21, 22. I, I've almost had a, the same damn show every year, and I was just like, you know what, for what? For who? For what? It, it, you know, it, we we know exactly one of the main issues here. But it's still kind of interesting to go back and look and, and sitting back there watching these games and you're just seeing these, you know, defensive teams just battling each other. And even you're seeing, you know, for the for the for the Chiefs and for the Lions, the way they came out, their plan of attack, 
And even though they might have got out, you still saw the opposing team's defense, the Ravens and the Niners, keep them in the game. Oh, by the way, running games are still there. It's just, it was frustrating because for the second consecutive week, not just in the championship round, but the, the divisional round, you saw everything that we just didn't see out of your Cowboys in the wild card round. And as a Cowboy fan, frustrating. As a football fan, it was some good football and I enjoyed it. But me and Voss kind of went over it in detail on his show. And like I said, normally I would come on here. I'd have a show where I'm just sitting here talking about, all right, this is what this team did. Boom, boom, boom. We got to do. But I was like, we know what it is here. We know what it is. We're going to try to figure this thing out from a different standpoint. But congratulations to the Chiefs. Congratulations to the Niners for getting to the Super Bowl. I'm looking forward to the rematch. I know some people may not be. You know, They're tired of Patrick Mahomes. I love greatness. They're probably tired of the Niners. I'm not saying the Niners are great. But that organization, you know, they know how to they know how to keep adding and stacking and stacking. You know, that's a really qu- good quality organization over there. And it's not just with one general manager, it's multiple general managers. Also, shouts out to Brett Veach. He doesn't get enough love over there in Kansas City. I wanted to give him some love, too. But uh, congratulations to those organizations, man. And uh, I'm looking forward to the Super Bowl. If Pat gets another one and Andy gets another one, man. We, I mean, I feel like you already got to start talking about those two as – goats types right but man these boys are out here these boys are out for real so let's go ahead and get into this roundup we're gonna come out of this roundup by the way obviously y'all can call in ain't talk to y'all since friday 351-999-3787 and we're gonna talk about these linebackers uh today got a good one lined up for y'all let's do it It's time for the morning roundup. Round them up, boys. Let me talk to you. <sighs> I don't even know where to begin with this. So on Sunday, before the game started, I posted a tweet with the clip attached to it. This was the tweet. I said, as Championship Sunday gets underway, let's not forget what the, quote, job of the top brass in Dallas is. As we watch these organizations whose jobs literally depend on winning, not being talked about. And the reason why I posted that clip is because I I, I say this to y'all on this show a lot. And and I I got a feeling, I don't know, some people might think I'm just talking out my ass. (laughs) Maybe they missed this interview. I don't know. But Jerry Jones quite literally did say, if they're talking about us, we're doing our job. Maybe they just think, oh, well, Sky just playing around. I'm not. I'm not. So I said, maybe maybe if I post this actual video clip of it, people will understand what I'm saying. Here's the clip, Cowboys Nation, of Jerry Jones saying just that. If anybody is uh, uh, thinking that we have more said about us or more visibility, if they're saying that, that's exactly what I'm, I try to do. And I would, do want to keep them talking about the Cowboys. 
and have from the day I got here. And so, again, uh, I'm smiling and I'm saying it with all the positive in the world. If we've got them talking about us, uh, we're doing our job. If we got them talking about us, we're doing our job. I I, I make that up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's how he feels. And I know we've been talking about that for years. Like, you know, football is not number one here. We we do understand that. And I always talk about, well, we got to overcome it. Apparently, I ain't the only damn thing. The next one I'm going to set up here. It's going to be a bit tough to follow because I don't know if a lot of people know who Kent Garrison is. He used to work for the Cowboys for like a half decade. He did a lot of their media stuff. He's privy to a whole bunch of their draft stuff. Everything, really. I mean, he was their guy that that did all the stuff that you see in their social media. Not all of it, but he was kind of overseeing it all. But I'll set this up. Kent Garrison used to cover the Cowboys. He would be the guy behind the scenes doing some of the production for the draft, right? So, you know, when you see the War Room clip video, when you see the uh, secret audio and stuff like that, but he also had the ability to see and hear when trades were offered, when other general managers would call, et cetera, et cetera. And Kent Garrison, who now works for The Athletic, was on a podcast with John Machoda. And Kent talked about, hey, when I used to work with Dallas, there was this time where the Lions sent a trade offer to the Cowboys and Stephen Jones just completely ignored the whole entire situation and didn't even ask Will McClay or anybody about it. But here's Kent Garrison's story on the whole situation that just, I mean, you just, all I could do is just, just cackle, man. Here, here's Kent. Will's got a lot to say. That reminded me of something. Uh, when I worked there, one of my favorite parts was after the draft, going through all the tape of the draft and seeing who called them because it's all recorded, you know, like all the, all the, all the trade requests and all that. It's all, it's all that just seeing, you know, all that, like so this is stuff they turned down, you know, uh, when they could seeing have or, or, or listening, seeing and listening because it's all the, the phone lines are, you know, if you watch the secret audio, the phone lines are all connected in through the cameras too. So every did the lions ever try and offer him Stafford? I'm just, um, I'm just kidding. I know another line <laughs> saying that I'm not going to mention spe- yeah. specifics about, but there was a call on the, about the lions. Uh, from the tri- Lions during this time. And Calvin Johnson? The Lions Sorry. called him and... and. But by the way, John Machoda is so annoying with this. And offered him somebody and Stephen was like, who is that? And I mean, it was a, it was a pretty decent name. And he was like, who? And the Lions Megatron. Like, uh, uh, Machoda, shut up. Uh, he's a uh, blah, blah, blah. And they explained who it is. He's like, oh, we'll call you back. And Stephen just like hangs up the phone and just sits there and keeps watching the draft. <laughs> doesn't even tell anyone that somebody called doesn't even ask will who this guy is and then the guy calls back like five minutes later it's like hey did you think about that and he's like yeah no bye <laughs> will's got a lot to say <sighs> yo you got it owner president general manager who if they're talking about us we're doing our job and you've got the de facto general manager who somehow, some way, has say in the damn draft room, completely ignores going to his main advisor, who, which is why I told y'all, Will McClay is not the general manager of this team. Stephen Jones is. 
completely ignores it. A, tra a trade offer. Look, the trade offer could have been trade. I don't know. But you should at least ask Will. How many times has this happened? I'm just curious. But these are the people that a lot of these fans want to blow it up like that and have faith that these fools could rebuild this team into a champion. I mean, what are y'all doing, man? It, you can hate all the play. I mean, you've got, I mean, look, we've seen it here on this show. We've seen it this past week. And, and I'm going to tell you, kind of echo what we've talked about on Vacha's show and what I said on Friday. I, I'm not here for TMZ Cowboys. I, the, the, the way I've built my platform is not to dramatize, you know, in-house things or what have you, right? That's not That's not what I'm here to do. But Jerry loves that. <laughs> because if they talking about us, we're doing our job. But you got people who want to trade everybody, wants to blow everything up, get rid of Dak, get rid of Micah, get rid of Lamb, get rid of this, get rid of that. And you entrust these people to rebuild this team into a champion? This is why I say uh, uh, blowing up this team is stupid. Because you need more. Not less of. You need more. So that they can do what? Toxic. So that they can overcome the buffoonery in this organization. And it's damn near impossible at this point. But I'm just asking for lightning in a bottle at this point. And if you look at. Well, what's the easiest way to overcome? Is it to blow this thing all the way up completely? Start from the bottom, now we're here type? Or is it to say, hey, obviously we're a good team. Obviously we're close here. We just need to continue to add pieces, whether it be coaching or player-wise, to try to get over this ridiculous hump that I think the hump is not, it is not a particular team in the playoffs. The hump is your own goddamn front office. Let me repeat that. The hump is not a particular team in the playoffs. The hump is your front office. But you want to blow it up and trust those two gentlemen to be the head of this rebuild. Because trust and believe they will be the head of the rebuild. Jerry will, will say, this is the type of coach I want. Not a will, what you want to do. Jerry and Steven. Steven will say, these are the type of players that I want at this going rate. Not Will or any other general manager. When you go look around the league or just go look at the two teams in the Super Bowl, there's an owner, York family in San Francisco. There's a general manager, John Lynch. And there's a president. You go over there to with the Chiefs. There's an owner, the Hunt family. There's a general manager, Brett Veach. There's a president. Come to Dallas. Owner general manager president's one guy well who's second in charge his son there's no pressure for them to fail they fail it's whatever they're not losing their job and you come to find out if you didn't already know the main guy in charge is completely incompetent Let's trade everybody, y'all, because that'll work. Oh, unbelievable.
Ron Rivera pops up as a potential defensive coordinator candidate. And I laugh a little bit just because, I mean, Ron Rivera hasn't called a defense since like 2010. We in 2024. That's that. Okay. I mean, yeah. I mean, no, he's been around. He's been a head coach for, for a long time, but, but he wasn't a bad defensive coordinator when he was a defensive coordinator, but that's just, I mean, wow. Okay. Another name that popped up as a potential defensive coordinator, Mike Zimmer, former, he's with the Cowboys for years, we know. Uh, he was he was part of a 3-4-4-3 three, four, four, three, uh, when Bill was here, Parcells, that is. He's called defenses more recently than Ron, but he's been out the league for a few, few years now. But just really, Mike Zimmer, Ron Rivera, that's where we're going. But that might be much to do about nothing. Because the way it's looking right now is it feels like Dan Quinn will be returning um, as the only two jobs left are the Seahawks and the Washington football people. And the football people would be idiotic to hire Dan Quinn over Ben Johnson. Um, And it's looking like Ben Johnson is the guy for that job. So now it comes down to Seattle. And, you know, he met deep into the night with the Seahawks. So, you know, he could get the Seahawks job. However, they seem to be smitten with defensive coordinator Mike McDonald from the Baltimore Ravens. And once again, I, I don't know how you watch that Ravens game and you say, you know what? We're going to go with old Danny boy. We're going to go with old Dan Quinn over Mike McDonald. Yeah, not for me, Cowboys Nation. If, if I'm them after watching the Ravens who, yeah, did they give up 17 points in the first half? Sure. But they gave up zero. In the second half of that game, none, zilch, nada. Let me see something real quick. Here we go. And they kept the Ravens in that game against one of the best quarterbacks of all time and head coaches of all time. Stop after stop after stop. They averaged like three yards per play in the second half. They only got allowed five first downs, and it wasn't the Ravens' defense to me. Right. Uh, Shouts out to Lamar. Lamar is still a fantastic quarterback, but wasn't his day. And we talk about plans. I don't know what Todd Munkin's plan was. And, you know, I go watch how the Chiefs came out. There was a deliberate, real plan there. Right. And it worked. How Detroit came out. There was a deliberate, real plan there and it worked. It's like they came out in Baltimore and said, hey, we want you to put the the cape on because there is a 15 on the other side of that field. Go be a hero. It was a running team all year. You ran the ball six times with your running backs. And only really like two times with Lamar. The the one was like a fourth and one quarterback sneak. And it ended up going like 30-some yards, which I don't get what he was doing on that play. I don't know why he looked back as opposed to just using his burners and just going. That could have been six. But um, that was a, a strange plan by by the Baltimore Ravens and it bit them in the ass. And, they, and again, the defense still gave them a shot to win the game and, and Lamar just couldn't put on a cape. But Mike McDonald, if I'm if I'm Seattle, obviously they have to meet the guy, fill him out. Maybe, who knows? Maybe it's like an Eric Bieniemy situation where he just doesn't feel like he can, he's going to be a head coach guy to connect with players, et cetera, et cetera, or Kellen Moore situation, right? They're just coordinators. I don't know. But the way that McDonald... It's called this year, you know, obviously what he did in Michigan as well. I'm 100% zeroing in on that man. 
um, for, if anything, the fact for just the fact that he's got a leg up on these damn Shanahan trees. And we just saw what he did to, to Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid. So I don't know, man. I, again, me, call me shysty, call me whatever you want to call me. I, you want to talk about blowing something up, which you, you blow up one of these coaches to go get another dude that can come in here and change either a your culture or be an upgrade coaching wise, because we obviously know that has a huge say in moving forward into these offs. Flip it on the other side. Dan Campbell. Look, man, did a commendable job. I know there's a lot of people saying fire Dan Campbell. I'm not going to go that far. Right. I mean, he took a, a terrible franchise, three and 13 year one and, and, and got better and better and was in the NFC championship game. But boy, he blew it. He blew it. I mean, and you got these analytic people and you got these people on the talking head talking about some. This is what he is. This is you, you, you live by the sword. You die by the sword. Man, if that sword means I can't go to the Super Bowl, I'm not dying by it. At some point, common sense got to come into play, Dan, you know, there is no tomorrow, right? You can make a, a, a ridiculous fourth and three decision in week six, in week 16, in week nine. There's a tomorrow. When the Super Bowl is on the line, why is it okay to just remain robotic? So we're just going to throw critical thinking completely out the window. Dan had three opportunities in this game and blew them all. Really, fourth, keeping it being, and blew them all. End of the half, doesn't go for the touchdown, kicks the field goal there. All right, whatever. Comes out the first fourth down. Instead of kicking the field goal, goes for it. All right. To, to go up 17, goes for it, misses it. Whatever, you're still up two touchdowns. Third opportunity, you have a chance to tie the game on a fourth and three, y'all. Not fourth and one. Fourth and three, when all the momentum is just completely not on your side no more. You have a chance to turn the game around and put the momentum back on your team, on your side. Doesn't elect to kick the field goal. Goes for it again. Now they don't have the lead. Now you get down to like the three-yard line or whatever it was. And first play, you get a sprint right, cut the field in half, incomplete. Second play with a minute, something left, all three timeouts, you run the ball. You essentially just said, well, if we don't get it here, we're now hoping for an onside kick. They run the ball. They don't get it. Have to burn a timeout. Next play, throw it, touchdown. Why didn't you just do that to play before? Dan Quinn, look, man, or Dan Quinn, Dan Campbell, amazing season. He should get credit for what he did, but he blew that game. He blew that game. That just is what it is. Try, trying to be this old, we're Detroit, everybody, yeah, we're going to go for it every fourth down. That's stupid. You know, that's stupid. And it cost him. It cost him a chance to the Super Bowl. And, you know, history shows just, just because you get there does not mean you're guaranteed to get back. Um, now, they do have a quality run organization now, so I don't expect Detroit to just fall off the map. But there's no guarantee that they're going to be back in this game the very next year or even the following season. It's hard, right, to win in this league. As you can see, up 24 to 7, and you lost. So that was your shot right there to me. Yeah, brother L. I agree. I think he was concerned more about his brand than getting to the Super Bowl. 
I'm going to live with that one. That's who we are. Yeah. All right. That's who you are. Sure. Sure. You all. And I think somebody on, on one of the networks said, well, how would it look like to his players if all of a sudden you've been doing this all year and, and this time you decide not to do it? That means you don't trust us. No, that means I trust you defense. Now that the game is tied to go get me one stop. And then I trust my offense to go down and score the game when the touchdown or field goal. That's what that would say to me. All right, coach, 0-0, zero, zero, here we go. I need defense to get me one stop. And we can go win the ball game. I digress. Let's take a call before we get into these linebackers, though. Good morning, Los. What you got for us? Yo, good morning, Sky. I hope you're having a great morning. I'll try to make my clock quick. Please. I know you're going to get other callers, and now you're trying to get it. Get, get yourself some breakfast, man. But, hey, real quickly, just talking about the Cowboys, we already know. And let me give you a good analogy about Dallas Cowboys. You know what the Dallas Cowboys are? There's, there, there's equivalent to what Dallas is, always under construction. You know, we can, oh, we can always be building. You got to you you live in Dallas to know what he's stuff. talking about. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But we, here's the point. They never finished a project. It's like, Oh, well, we, we got it started, but, hey, I don't know if we're going to get it done this year, but, hey, maybe next year, you know, like, man, I just I just need to know some urgency from them. But um, real quickly, talking about the linebackers, Sky, I, you already know we need some damn playmakers like you like uh, like you and Watch said in your show the other day, right? And, like, man, this, this draft class is deep with linebackers. You just got hit on them. And I'm just going to give you my top three. I, I, gonna, I knew you was about to do this, man. Go go ahead, Lowe's. Give me your top three. Please don't give me a rundown on them, though, because that we, we got draft nah, shows nah. for that. But you can give me the names. <laughs> but go ahead, Lowe's. I knew you yeah, was about to hit yeah. me with 15 draft hey, prospects. Would, go ahead, man. Yeah, so you, these these will be the linebackers. I would love a star in the helmet. So just uh, three. Jalen Ford from Texas, 6'3". Edgerton Cooper from Texas A&M, he's 6'3". And Junior Collison from Michigan, he's six two. Man, if oh. you were to get them, man, they, they they can help a lot. And I think that's what exactly what the Cowboys need. But they, that's all, Sky. You have a great show. Have a great morning. And hey, hopefully, there's a shit ton we got to do. We just got to do it. Peace out. <laughs> all right, man. Appreciate you, love. I will use that to segue into this linebacker talk because that is one thing. You also noticed in the championship round, every team, all four of them, you saw superb linebacker play. Uh, obviously, we know about Baltimore and San Fran. That's the easy one, right? Fred Warner, Dre Greenlaw, uh, Patrick Queen, free agent, and Roquan Smith. Uh, but let's not sleep on Nick Bolton, right? Nick Bolton and, and, and Tranquil uh, for the Chiefs. They both played well in that game, especially Tranquil. Uh, and then on Detroit side, man, I mean, these dudes, bro, they, they, they just... I don't know. They, they found Anzalone, who plays well. Jack Campbell in the first round. Malcolm Rodriguez is a guy who came away with interception, right? Like Malcolm Rodriguez come out of Oklahoma State. Um, and it was one more they got. So Jack Campbell, Anzalone, Malcolm Rodriguez, uh, the guy who got the interception the round before. I think he got hurt, though. But they got a bunch of them, and they play downhill physical. So linebackers are a thing, right? We understand linebackers are a thing, and for whatever reason, the Cowboys – didn't really value that coming into the season. And if Dan Quinn returns to the Cowboys, priority number one, number one 
for the defense to me is to overhaul this damn room. Like, we, we cannot go into this thing with the same mentality as Dan has tried to go into this thing. Oh, I can convert safeties. I can bring De- I can bring Keanu Neal down to play. I can make Marquise Bell linebacker. I can be light and non-attacking at the position. Mm-mm. And I don't know if he has a, a say in who his linebacker coach is, but it's hard for me to really not call into question the coaching. Very hard. Scott McCurley, he's not a guy that's respected around this league. I don't think as a linebacker's coach. But the guy, a guy who was, who you know they moved on from, he is respected. But it's not like when he even when he was here, there was just this attacking downhill ability at the linebacker position, like you saw it. I don't think he did. So, you know, I call into quote into question what these guys are teaching them there. I don't know. I'm not there. But I think it's fair to question them because I watch a Detroit team. I watch some of the other teams, and they just feel like there's a different level of how they play. Um, And I know one player, Jack Campbell specifically, coming out last year, people were kind of questioning his ability to get downhill. And then he gets to Detroit, and that ain't no problem. Ain't no problem. Ain't no problem. So let's review this room. Yeah, there's only four. You could think, you could thank Dan Quinn for this one. Let's start with our young buck, man. I didn't get a chance to really play this year in DeMarvion Overshone, a.k.a. Demo, third-round pick out of Texas. And if you guys remember, we did our rating the draft series. And um, one of the things that I said about DeMarvion Overshone after reviewing him, and we talked about his value, I gave it four stars. I said he's a developmental WMD. What is a WMD? Weapon of mass destruction. Who got weapons of mass destruction? <laughs> Who got weapons of mass destruction? Cowboys might. Now, I called DeMarvion Overshone a weapon of mass destruction because he was a guy that has played or showed some playmaking ability at all three levels and is a versatile dude. And when looking at Demo beyond the film and and just kind of looking at the person, it was like, oh, this kid going to figure it out. Whatever they ask him to do, he going to figure it the hell out. Right? And he started to do that. He started to make waves in camp. Um, He made some waves in preseason in the first game, and he did some really good things for you in the second game before he got hurt. Uh, But in that first game, he had, what, like 39 snaps, five tackles, two stops. You saw him getting downhill. You, you saw him trying to make plays. You saw that click trigger I talk about. Um, he is he is stringy, though. He is wiry. So you also saw if a defensive lineman kind of got his hands on him, it wasn't easy or it wasn't hard to, to kind of displace him from time to time because he's he's not a big dude. He came in not a big dude. He's, he's, he's tall. So that 225, 230 feels stringy. Now, I have a chance with a, a lot of opportunity now to recover and get bigger. But, you know, Demo showed a lot, I think, in those one game in, in a series, essentially, um, and in training camp. So he is it is exciting. It is exciting to see what he can do in year two, right? He's got the downhill. He's got the instincts. He brings his pads through the contact. And there was this kind of this aura around him that the veteran players were pleasantly surprised with. Here's the problem, though, man. The ACL. 
that next week after this game, he went to Seattle, and again, in that Seattle game, all over the field, seven snaps, three tackles, and a stop. And one of them stops, unfortunately, towards ACL. Underwent successful surgery, and we should see him back out there, I would imagine, in campus sometime. Just like all these other ACL people. I got to temper my expectations, man. Dude got a lot of promise. I'm really excited to see what he can do to stack on his uh, first year of, you know, good training camp and good preseason. But we it's, it's a big, fat TBD type of situation to be decided because of that ACL injury. Um, he, he He's essentially going to be a rookie, y'all. You know, essentially going to be a rookie again. We don't know how he's going to come into camp from a size standpoint. You hope he gets in the, in the, in the weight room and puts on that offseason peanut butter. But there is there should still be some excitement surrounding him. Uh, we just may not see it all come together in year one. But the Marvion Overshone, man, I think he is a player to be excited about. It's just a big fat TBD, though. We just got to wait and see. We, we just don't know. Marquise Bell. So when DeMarvion Overshone got hurt, Dan Quinn immediately said, oh, well, just call up Marquise Bell to go play linebacker. And this was this was a Dan Quinn quote at camp when this happened. He said, quote, that definitely was part of why we wanted him so much in the first place, because he has the length and size to do that. Speaking of the role that DeMarvion was playing. And then when Demo was injured, there was really only one other person that had that kind of speed and striking ability, and that was Keese. So when Bell gets in there, you feel some of that same type of run and hit factor plays that he can match and go. That's why for me, there was really no one else I was going to talk or I was going to call to make that move other than Marquise Bell because I had a vision for him coming out of AM. He says AM, or maybe they wrote AM, but Florida. And that he could do the linebacker's job. Bless Marquise Bell's heart. He, he he did a commendable job for for a guy who, you know, once Demo went down, he he was on record saying, "Hey, quote, I'm just getting more in tune with learning gap fits." Not only did you put a safety down there, right? But you put a that's undersized, but you put a dude down there that is quote learning gap fits to be our guy. That's a tough ask, man. It's a tough ask. And he started off gangbusters, right? He came out against the Giants flying around. You saw some of that cool stuff. Then it didn't take long. <laughs> Week three, you saw where some of the issues can come up with him playing linebacker against the Cardinals. Then he responded, right? He had some games where he showed off that speed, that coverage ability, that click trigger ability. And at one point in the season, Marquise Bell was like, Top five in average depth of tackle. I believe it was somewhere around like 2.1 yards. I mean, that's an elite, elite statistic. But he ended up finishing at 4.8. And I and I just have, have to wonder if he just hit the hit a wall. And why wouldn't he? He had god dang safety. I have to wonder if he hit a wall. Because after week 10, he only had one more game. With more than two stops. Hell, in seven 
of the last nine games of the season, he had one stop or less. That means he's not making plays at or beyond the line of scrimmage. Now, he did finish 94 tackles, three tackles for loss, three pass breakups, a couple forced fumbles. So he did finish with uh, good numbers. Well, I'll say good numbers. I guess you could put that in perspective depending on how you really look into him. But when you see, like I said, that second half of the season, you saw him completely hit a wall. And then you get into the playoffs, and it just, it all went to shit for both Bell and Damone Clark. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when it comes to Marquise Bell, like I said, I tip my hat to him. I respect what he was asked to do, but Marquise Bell is not a linebacker, folks. And if we go into, if we bring Dan Quinn back and he does that again, somebody at the podium has got to ask these questions. You know? What I hope, and I'm not even going to say expect anymore. You can't expect a lot of things from Dallas. What I hope is that Marquise Bell gets the J. Ron Curse role. J. Ron Curse will we'll do safeties at some point. I don't think he'll be returning here. Uh, we did we did the whole 16 free agents. I hope he has a chance to compete for that role as opposed to pure inside linebacker stuff. He's not built for that. That's not his game. Let him kind of be a guy who's got a lot of room to be a heat-seeking missile because one of the things you weren't able to see a lot of with Bell is his ability to be a big hitter, right? Flying around. He's having to deal with linemen all the damn time. Allow him to make plays on the ball. He covered very well, I think, this year. Allow him to use that speed and be a, be a, be a big hitter coming downhill with room don't ask him to figure out gap fits and run fits in complex against complex run teams when he can't do that at the linebacker position maybe if you give him more opportunity to see it deeper right he can use that speed and click trigger ability that he's not thinking as much because he's play safety that's his natural position so i would put him his ass right back at safety let's keep this thing trucking because i don't think marquis bell I just don't particularly think he's a linebacker. However, Damone Clark is. But Damone Clark wasn't the answer. For the second year in a row, Damone Clark was tasked with basically taking over that room because of the guy we'll get to here in a second. I had high hopes for Damone Clark in year two, if I'm being honest. I did. And he didn't really live up to those. I thought he was an inconsistent player. And again, much like Bell and a lot of these players on defense in general, it all went to shit in the playoffs. It was a very inconsistent year for, for, for Clark. Very inconsistent. Uh, yeah, did he end up, again, statistically leading the team in tackles, 33 stops, four tackles for loss? He, he doesn't miss a lot of tackles. That was his thing as a rookie, too, as his thing coming out of college. Not a guy that's going to miss a whole bunch of tackles. But I don't know how we went into the season. Knowing the LVE situation, which we'll get to here in a second. And we didn't have a backup plan in the middle. Because I don't particularly think Damone is a middle linebacker guy. I thought he could be, you know, coming out at uh, LSU. Because he played different there. I mean, the film is just completely different than how he plays in Dallas. And I, that's why I question coaching. But the way he plays here, I don't think he's a middle linebacker. I think he's a will type of guy. So we got a bunch of will type of linebackers. But I don't know how he went into this thing and we didn't have a backup plan there. So much so 
that we saw J-Ron curse at middle linebackers. I get it. He's a green dot guy or whatever, but that can't be. Right? So I don't think he's what I call the is as a Jarvis of this defense. A central figure in the sense of hey, you're our Mike. You're our quarterback of the defense. Not not at this point. I mean, I don't think he's seasoned enough. I don't think he's been coached to be that. It's just not, he's just not that guy. Still a lot of room to grow. You see some good things on film, et cetera, just like a lot of these young players. They're not perfect prospects or what have you. And I do think he has room on the team. I'm not saying you completely get rid of Damone Clark, but as your main guy, I don't think that, and that's why he wasn't the main guy coming into the season, right? He's a guy opposite of LVE. But I do think you either need to get A, an alpha backer in here out of free agency, or B, a blue chip talent in the draft. And let me tell you why. Because I don't think an alpha backer is going to be coached out of being a true alpha backer. How do I know this? Because we have one. And when he goes back there and he plays it, you see it. <laughs> you see him being downhill. Be damned what Scott McCurley talking about. And if you get a blue chip talent, there is con- a slight concern that maybe he could, he could be, be coached out of it. But I feel like a blue chip talent would be like, hey, man, what are you talking about? This is what I do best. And they'll coach into that. Now, with LVE, who also is a coach to these guys. Let me say this. I feel bad for LV in the sense of his football career may be over. But did you not see this coming? I mean. For the fourth time in six years, LV has missed significant time. And in my opinion, the Cowboys bungled this room the very minute they decided to bring back LVE immediately. Mm-hmm. It's not LVE's fault. It ain't his fault. Dallas decided to bring back a guy that that has shown you over and over again. He is not dependable on the field to be there for you. So once they brought him back, we talk about the false sense of confidence. And I think that gave the Cowboys, again, false sense of confidence. Ah, it's cool. We got our green dot guy. We got our linebacker. He's been here. He's our leader in the room. He's a veteran. We're good to go. We're good to go. So much so, they cut every other linebacker on the team. I mean, <laughs> so we don't need no more backers. We got LVE. We're good. But how could you ignore his injury history, number one? How could you do that? Like what I, I truly, truly, truly would love to ask somebody, like, did anybody go to Jerry, Steven, or Will and say, raise my hand quick. Um, so we know LVE doesn't play all the time, right? We know LVE is gonna miss a lot of games. We know LVE is one hit away from being done. We do know that, right? And if they say no. Well, now I'm, I'm I'm giving you the information that you should know. But if you don't know, you should know. So maybe we should address that. 
cool. You want to bring him back to be a part of the rotation? Whatever. But if you bring him back to be the guy, that is idiotic. And the minute they did that, you can just sense, oh, we don't really need a line. We don't need a linebacker right now. We'll take Demo in the third, and who who was, I think, playing his way to being on the field. But we'll take Demo in the third, sure. We don't expect Demo to be our guy. He damn sure ain't no middle linebacker. Ah, we got Demon Clark, essentially a rookie, who showed you when LVE went out, hey, maybe middle linebacker ain't my thing here. That's ah, cool. Ah, we don't need, I'm not even saying Jabril, Devin, and any of these dudes would be help. But we don't need the bodies. You did need the bodies, coach. So who is who is making these decisions that it was okay to bring this guy back and nothing else? Bottom line. Again, feel bad for LVE. Possibly a career-threatening injury here. Honestly, I really don't care if it is or it isn't. You have to cut ties. Like you you have to move on. Why are we at like not say we as in y'all? I don't know if y'all are, but why are they acting like LVE is just is so so central? He's the Jarvis that we cannot operate without him. They don't even feel as highly about LVE. You know how I know they signed this man to a two-year deal worth like three million dollars. The rest of the National Football League clearly does not value LVE in that in that state of mind either because he's had two years in a row now he hits free agency and they like we're good we're good here so they're paying this man pennies so it costs you nothing to, to cut ties move on and revamp this whole entire room when i say revamp i don't mean you cut demo and marquis bell and demon no those guys obviously stay here marquis goes to safety demon clark becomes party rotation and demo we'll see where he's at but you have to attack this linebacker room head on with seriousness and you hope. And this is why, you know, we talked about with the running back group, but shit, we can use this for linebackers. This is why there's a part of me that begrudgingly believes they will. And the reason why I say begrudgingly is because what does, what does this franchise do the most? They're not proactive, y'all. What are they? I mean, this this is this is proven. You want to talk about data? This is damn near scientifically proven. Shouts out to my guy, Pat Nosey Walker with the science. It's scientifically proven. The Cowboys are not proactive. They're what? They're reactive. They will react to a problem. They just will do it the next year. <laughs> Toxic. Come on. We went a whole season knowing get goddamn well. We needed running back. Or sorry, we needed cornerbacks and um, wide receivers. Ah, we're good to go. We'll wait to the offseason to go get Gillian Cooks. We went a whole season knowing good goddamn well. We needed linebackers. Ah, we're good to go. Pretty sure they're going to address it this offseason. Radioactive is a good one, too. Retard is crazy, though. 
That's wild. <laughs> so part of me believes they'll dress it, Cowboys Nation. Call it blind, optimistic. It's not even optimistic, by the way. It's, I don't believe they're going to address it because I'm optimistic that we're going to address it and I'm so excited. I think they will because they just realized, oh shit. We, we, we screwed the pooch. Let me, let me tell you again. It's all there. The evidence lines up. Last year, shoot, man, we dropped the ball on wide receiver. Maybe we should go try to trade for Cooks. Ah, that doesn't work out. Well, maybe we should roll out the red carpet for Odell Beckham. Ah, that doesn't work out. T.Y. Hope. We need a cornerback help. Oh, man, let's go sign all these dudes off the street. These washed dudes off the street. This year, we need a linebacker help. What'd they go do? Uh, please, sir. Uh, Shaquille, please, sir. Uh, please come play for us. Rolled out. Rolled out the red carpet for Shaq Leonard. Shaq said, nah, nah. Shaq, Shaq, Shaq said, nah, nah. Corner Philly. What'd they do? Damian Wilson. They know there's a problem. They just refuse to go all in with the problem. Precious draft picks. Can't loot. Can't get rid of them. You had an opportunity even two years ago to go get Roquan Smith. Oh, I got to hold on to my second and fifth round pick. I can't lose Schoonmaker and Awesome Richards. Can't do it. That's, those are the people, you people out here, putting your trust in to do a complete goddamn rebuild. Now, I know this is supposed to be about linebackers, but it all it all ties into each other. You can be as angry as you want to be at these guys, man. But shooting off these all pros to the stars, I saw somebody say, Out of their mouth. Well, that's Herschel Walker, Micah Parsons. We've lost all absolute sense. Do y'all think this is 1990, 1989? Do you think there's an idiotic franchise out there who's going to trade 17 draft picks for a single player in the National Football League, number one? Number two, what people tend to forget, and I'm bringing this up on purpose. Hell, you can say whoever the hell you want to an Urshel Walker trade. People forget the person responsible for flipping those picks. It's not Jerry Jones. Jimmy Johnson. Does anybody see a Jimmy Johnson rolling around in a star with all due respect to Will McClay? But y'all want to Herschel Walker, everybody. My favorite is, well, this player sucks. He stinks or he's this or that. Let's go get five first round picks for him. <laughs> hey, man, it's easier to zero in on the dudes on the field 
We can criticize. There's no problem with that. But let's not get it twisted. The root cause of 30 years ain't the motherfuckers on the field. But let's keep zeroing in. Let's keep all of our angle on these guys. That's Herschel Walker, everybody. That apparently sucks. But we're going to get a Herschel Walker. Do y'all understand how that is such an oxymoron? That doesn't even make any sense. Dak Prescott sucks. Trade him for three first rounders. Michael Parsons ain't shit. Let's get Herschel Walker up in here. Do you understand? Like, do y'all truly understand how crazy that sounds? We want to shoot and punt all of our best players to the moon. Like we've had callers call on the show. I'm trading everybody except Tyler Smith. What? So the dude who gets trade offers during draft day who don't know who these players is and don't run it by his advisor can be in charge of running this team on a complete rebuild. Oh, y'all out y'all rabbit ass minds. Y'all out y'all minds. I want no parts of that. None. The dudes who stumbled across Tony Romo and Dak Prescott. Those dudes. The dudes who really don't know how to flip shit to save their life. Go find me. And then I'll be switching this whole show up today. Go find me the trade the Cowboys made that recouped these amazing draft picks. Go find me that trade in the last 25 years. Don't worry, I'll wait. Go find me the trade that those boys in the front office, and this includes Will. I'm giving look. I I, I know I know. Look, me. I'm talking this about Mel. I'm talking to, uh, to Mel about this. I mean, why you think Will McClay ain't going over here, y'all? There ain't no pressure on Will McClay. There, there ain't no pressure on Will. And I, I man, I'm when there's a Will, there's a way. I love Will McClay. Because, well, for that dude, we might be 5-12 and 12 every year. Will McClay does his job well enough to keep this damn franchise competing. That's all they care about. Will McClay is not responsible for signing anybody. He's not responsible for signing, uh, for, for signing free agents. He's not responsible for extensions. He's not responsible for hiring head coach. He's not responsible for nothing. But saying, hey, man, we scouted this good player. Here's a guy on the draft board. Hey, this free agent. You wanted what? What was that, Steven? Hurt guy. I don't know, 25, 26. Got some upside. Keep it under 5 million. There you go. Here's the names. That's all he's responsible for. Why the? F- if he getting paid like general managers, if he loves where he's at, he has no pressure of being fired. Why would he go say, you know what? Let me go try to save the Washington franchise that I know. If I don't get that done in a three to five years instance, I could be the hell up out of there. Why would he do it? No, I'm going to stay right here. Where the guy who writes the check says, hey, long as they talk about him doing our job. Where the guy, the, 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 the vice president, the real general manager in front of me, his job ain't on the hook. 
Oh, they love me. Come on, man. Come on, man. Let me tell you something. I get it with the family and all that stuff, but Lee, that ain't got nothing to do with it. That ain't got... It's because he has no worries about his job, bro. None. I get it. I'm, I'm not going to sit try to ignore the family and all that stuff. I, 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 I promise you. I shouldn't do that. However, Will McClay could easily go be a general manager elsewhere and probably do a fine job. But the problem is, man, think about it. Put yourself in his shoes. If you know my job security is on 1,000, I can be here for a decade. A decade. Not get the heat when things go wrong and get all the praise when they go right. And get paid like the job I'm going to go get, but not have to do the job that I can go get. Why would I even leave? That don't even make sense to me. I'm sitting right here. There's no pressure for Will McClay to, leave, to lose his job either. Not saying, not saying that he's doing a bad job. I'm just saying. Professor O said, man, Will can have, can have an entire 2023 draft class and people will still love him. I, I, look, I love Will. I'm not going to ridicule him off of the one year, right, of a draft class. Now, we can go nitpick all the other things, but just the previous year, he had one of the best draft classes I've seen since 2016 in Dallas. What I would have liked for them to do is give him a shot. This is going to sound crazy. Give him a shot to lose his job. Hmm? Yeah, give him a shot. Say, all right, you are the real general manager. You go sign, you go pick the head coach. You pick the the how you want this team to look. All the players, uh, you sign the free agents, you take the money. It's on you. I'm gonna give you five years or whatever these general managers get. And if he doesn't do a good job, you fire his ass. They won't do that because we're the only organization that's a mom and pop shop. No reason to leave. No reason to leave at all. Got the best gig in front office history. The best one. I digress. Get to these super chats. But let's trust those dudes, huh? Never. Let's stack. Let's stack. You want to call it dream team or whatever the hell you need to call it, man. Let's go all the way in. Because if you don't go all the way in, you're just going to make it much more difficult. More difficult than other franchises are. For sure. Uh, first of all, man, shouts out to Tuan. Yesterday, I did a premiere. And in the premiere, you're able to drop Super Chats. And Tuan dropped a hundo yesterday. Myers. There's a lot of Tuan. Uh, Mr. Right, Antoine Myers. I've been calling Tuan for like four years now. He's been here since... I first started this whole thing. Funny thing about me and Twan, we used to go back and forth about Zeke 2019, man. A long, long, long time ago. Um, he said, one of the most solid dudes I know, Emoji Skywalker. Yeah, man. You know, congratulations to my guy, Twan. Just had uh, his baby. I'll be having mine in a few months here. Um, welcome to parenthood, brother. Welcome to fatherhood. I know you're getting used to it. We've been talking. Uh, wish you and your wife nothing but, you know, a successful parenting and healthy 
you know, recuperating after birth. I know how that can be. You know, I know how that can be, man. But shout out to you. Uh, Sanjay. Super chat. He dropped. Well, actually, let's go to Toxic. Uh, Toxic Splendor Poppy. He dropped two and said, happy birthday, TC915. Have a great. Come on. Happy birthday, bro. I didn't know it was your birthday, man. Happy birthday to TC915. Another one of those day ones that's been here for years and just keeps on supporting the movement here with Skywalker Steel and A to Z Sports. Appreciate you, big dog. And then Sanjay dropped Super one. Chat. He says, why do people want Quinn back? He's been trying to leave Dallas for three years straight. He has another boo. He has <laughs> he has another boo thing. Jerry needs to stop being a simp. Um. Okay, let's, let's talk about it. Break it down a little bit. Why do people want? We don't hear. All right, now I don't want to work. Why do people want Dan Quinn back? My, from my understanding, doesn't seem like a lot of Cowboys fans want him back. So maybe some people in your circle they want him back. I, I, I don't know too many. I feel like if we were to do a poll, it'd be like eighty percent don't, twenty percent do. So I guess if you're talking to that twenty percent, maybe it's because you know he turned the defense around in twenty twenty. He's done some good things for the Cowboys, obviously, right? It's not all been bad here, um, but obviously he, he's had his warts. So. Maybe that's why. Maybe continuity, whatever. You said he's been trying to leave for three years. I'd argue not. I'd argue he's turned down jobs from from what we've been told uh, to to come back to Dallas over the last two seasons. Now, this year, it feels like because of the way it ended, I feel like teams are just like, nah, I'm straight. I'm straight. Um, But they they want him back. Dallas, the, the the front office wants him back. Mike McCarthy wants him back. Um, we we talked about it with Pat. He was like, hey, let's let's kind of just start off with this whole thing. The Cowboys want to bring back Dan Quinn. So the reason why you're not seeing them interviewing uh any other of these DCs or whatever as he's going around here doing interviews is because they're waiting. They're willing to sit back and wait on Dan Quinn and say, no job. All right, welcome back, sir. And if he co- if he does come back. Priority number one to me, right here. Yeah, you got to fix that. You got to fix this linebacker room, and I don't think it's particularly hard. Uh, real quick, <laughs> shouts out to um, Los. We brought up these names in the draft. Uh, I do have a video on here. Me and Foots. If you missed me and Foots show. Make sure you go back and watch that uh, fantastic stuff. Always is with Foots. He gets me in the in the, the draft spirit. And yesterday, me and Vach, we were doing um, draft stuff. And that got me more into it. So now I'm really excited. But here's a, just a little clip on Peyton, Hillis, or Peyton Wilson that we dropped yesterday. One of the guys that um, we are excited about in this draft class. Peyton Wilson, sir? No, sir. You I want har- it? I hardly see this dude get tripped up. <laughs> yeah, my boy. Yeah. I, look, I know this is this is low hanging fruit because he he seems to be the consensus linebacker one. I don't yeah. give a damn about being young. I I don't care about where you put. If he's Mike linebacker year one, he Mike linebacker year one. Uh, foots. Yeah. This dude to me, you said, hey man, this this is the type of linebacker you know Sky wants and Trevor. This one. This is the one. Peyton Wilson, Foots, take it away. 
So guess what I'm going to do again? I'm going to toss it back to you, Scott, because you <laughs> trust your eyes. Now, all I'm going to do is just give you the background because okay. that's what we do on this channel. Yeah. So Peyton Wilson, the people are going to, everybody's going to type in the chat box, injuries, injuries, injuries. We got it. Let's use context first. These happened two years ago. Okay. They're going to lean on the shoulder and then they're going to lean on the ACL. He came back from that and was a Buckets Award finalist. And I think he actually won the award. So let's not do that to the player. Yeah. Another thing is, the size is real. The speed is even realer. He's a four or five guy, Sky, at two. I, I, I think by, when he weighs in at the combine, he'll be about 255. You see, yeah, he's Shit. a big body, 250, 255. I'm telling you, he's got, they'll put that muscle on him. You know, they go to these training yeah, facilities. I was and, thinking maybe 245, right? They'll put on about 10 pounds roughly. If he if he measures in at two fifty five and runs a four five, bro, they that when they when they're training, you know how it is, guy. When they just load them up on this, they do this stuff, and it's incredible how yeah. they how they're able to get that mass on them. So and he plays that way. That's he plays box. he plays he brings his whole two fifty five. Yes, and he's trying to beat your facing. But the difference is the length and the size. O lineman can't get on him. And that's the difference from some of these other backers, and that's why he is a consensus, the number one backer, him, and I would probably say Cooper, but you're you, you rolling dice with both of those two, but those are your two. Yeah, you know, if he runs a 4-5, or five, this isn't no Fugazi 4-5. or five. Like, no. he literally plays that way. The closing speed is extremely impressive. Um, it's not like a 4-3 guy or anything like that, but, but it might look like it on the field. I always say this. Like, you might – you people forget, not everybody on that field is running 4-3. There might be yeah. two dudes. You know what I'm saying? So when you, if you got like a 6'4", 245-pound linebacker that runs a 4'5", that's going to look like 4'3 out there. I mean, a ridiculous range, unbelievable closing speed, diagnosis things. I mean, you're talking about mental processing. That's why I said yeah. this dude, I don't care. You know, most young linebackers, I, I worry about that. Not him. Um, it is extremely impressive. I've seen him deal with those, you know, uh, split zone, flow zone type things very well. Um, does, he, does, does, he, does he have this like versatility to him. I see him line up at outside linebacker a lot. I would love to plug him at middle because we obviously need a mic. But yeah. if you were to run a 3-4 outside linebacker type situation, I'm not saying he's going to be a pass rusher, but I've seen him, you know, come off the edge and use his length in his hands. Yeah. Um just just a dude that never looks out of place, comfortable, and one of my main things about linebackers and safeties that I'm high on is do they have that click trigger, right? Where they see it, they click, and they press that trigger, and boom, they're That's flying it. downhill. I mean, but, but between him and Cooper, you can toss it up when it comes to that. Both of these dudes do it. But Wilson, brother, I mean, sign me up. Sign you up. And I don't want people to – to. this is lazy scouting. And, well, oh, white linebacker, Leighton Vanderess. No, they don't move the same. No. They're, they're not, that's, that's not fair to the player. And then I'll tell you, no, there's a play. Leighton, I don't want people to highlight. And that's what I respect about you. Don't highlight watch. I know sometimes it may be hard to get your hands on film, but go watch the full game tape. Even if it's an O-line versus a D-line, you can see the backers play. That's sometimes how I have to watch film. And the truth of the matter is this. There's a play when they're playing against Notre Dame, Sky, where he hawks down a slot receiver, and I think the receiver was like a 4-3 guy. I looked it up. Bro, those are the things that I write down and say, okay, effort. Check. Effort, oh, yeah. The speed is real. Oh, he – and so, like, you being able to close an angle on those type of guys lets me know that you're NFL ready right now. A lot like Jack Campbell. And remember we said, yo, Jack Campbell can play in this league. He's not – if you're not asking him to just turn and cover all game, yep. he can play and run in this league, and he was able to. Peyton Wilson, sir? And that's – 
that's it right there. But so that was kind of our our breakdown. We went a little bit further on them again. If you if you guys want to go see our top ten uh, senior bowl watch list, which it was tough to narrow it down to ten, um, but we 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 did. And some of those guys, as everything is rolling out, they did measurements yesterday. Some of those guys, like Troy Fats, is what me and Voss call him now, uh, the tackle from Washington. He won't be playing. BB won't be playing. It's a, it's a lot of players who kind of pulled out the actual game uh, i'm not sure if they're going to be practicing but practices i believe will be today um so that's something to keep an eye on um maybe we'll be talking about that later on Vacha, so stay tuned but there will be some uh senior bowl practices and then the game is on saturday and i'll have foots back on next week maybe maybe on maybe yeah i'm back on next week and we'll talk about uh what we saw down there who stock rolls and, and things like that so that's how you know it's, it's time to turn that page but Good stuff today. Uh, appreciate y'all. It, 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 this was an interesting one because I did want to focus on backers, but because of the things that came out over the weekend, um, kind of touched on the front office situation. And it's so funny. I, I, I posted that video again. I, I wasn't really trying to post it to to have it go around the way it did. I just was like, hey, championship Sunday. All, like, I don't know how I do it. every year. I look at the championship teams and say, well, what is this and that? And I was like, just remember. This is what your front office, you know, the guy that's at the top of this thing said. It's about being talked about. And then you obviously got the situation that came out with um, Stephen Jones, which I was interesting to. Uh, speaking of Twan with the super chat yesterday, appreciate you, bro. Gave you a shout out earlier. He said, I want a linebacker bad. We should pass on O-line first two rounds. First two rounds. We need two dynamic picks right now starters. That's a, that's a heavy one there. I wouldn't say, I wouldn't pass on an O-lineman. We had this conversation yesterday on Vacha Show where somebody um, called in and was like, essentially linebacker or bust, right, early. We got to be careful with with, with with cornering ourselves to one position because what happens is after the, if that position is not taken, we're like, oh, my God, we suck again, right? We're, no, you can still get a quality player in the, in the top three rounds. For me, your first three picks should be players that can come in and, and have an impact right now. The third one is more maybe on a roll situation, and then they can develop it to a starter. But your first two picks need to come in and have an impact right now. Linebacker, offensive line, I definitely think are up there. I wouldn't necessarily pass on one or the other. It all depends on who's there, right? Uh, if one of these top, because there's a whole lot of these linemen in the first round, if one of them are there, I don't think I could turn away from it, depending on where they're at. If it's linebacker, it's linebacker. But I'm not really pigeonholing myself into one position in round one, where I think there's a there's a handful of them that could be impactful for you, depending what you get. So we just got to be careful because then we kind of do that um, before we, we've seen history. Instead of going BPA, we go, oh, well, we'll just take a guy we need and, and they'll develop into whatever, whatever, schoolmaker, whatever, whatever, mozzie, whatever, whatever. Like, now nah, get the mother that's going to come in here right now. We had this discussion yesterday. I'm out on value. You can miss me with this whole value stuff. We don't got time for value. When I say we, I mean this current regime. Can this dude in the first top 100, top three picks, whatever, can they come in right now and help me? Improve me, improve somewhere. If so, pick them. Not, you know what, he'll be on the bench for the first year and then two years and then maybe he'll develop and no 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 can this dude come help me right now i'm looking for ready-made players right now and not at one particular position not a handful of them positions 
Yeah, appreciate that, Professor O. Um, I just saw that as well on Twitter. D-Law, Jake, shout out to Jake. Jake Ferguson and Tyler Smith have been added to the Pro Bowl. Um, it looks like Tyler's taking Zach's place. Now, it ain't really going to be no Pro Bowl. It's going to be a, a flag football game. But, like I told y'all, these these these, uh, these agents, they go into these rooms and say, hey, two-time Pro Bowler. Yeah, yeah they're going to be talking about that for sure. But shout out to Jake, man. Deserving. Excited for Jake Ferguson. I saw somebody on Twitter that covers the Cowboys was like, ah, I know Cowboys got Jake Ferguson, but man, Michael Mayer and um, Dalton Kincaid and Sam Laporta, man, those guys. I'm like, what you mean? He right there. The hell you been watching? Michael Mayer, Kincaid, and Laporta. Like, don't look, Laporta, he had a great year. Laporta was basically their number two wide receiver. Yeah, like 50 more targets or whatever than, than Jake Fur. If Jake had those targets, I guarantee you put up those numbers. But Jake, as kind of just that extra guy, 71 receptions or something like that, 700 and something yards, five touchdowns, eight if you count the playoffs and over 800 yards. What are you talking about, man? Jake Ferguson is right. Jake Ferguson got next. Yeah. As we can see, Kelsey's still Kelsey, right? I don't know how, but Kittle just completely disappeared in that game. Uh, Mark Andrews and whatnot. Jake is, is right in that next class. Laporta's, Jake's, probably Kincaid and whatnot. Yeah, Jake is right there. Stop playing with that man. Uh, yeah, yeah we're going to do a top five, uh, Twan. Edge is... Yes. Mm-hmm. When we talked about this last year, we were like... When we were talking about like Will McDonald and stuff, we kind of were looking ahead, like, low-key... Dante Fowler, one-year deal. Dorrance Armstrong, one-year deal. The Laws got one year left on his... Yeah, low-key. But you can never really have enough of those edge rushers, as we're seeing here. All right, let me refresh this one more time. Good to go. All right. Later on, back on with Vach and... Again, like I said, hit the bell. We may be talking more about the senior bowl. They got some practices today. We'll see. We'll see. But uh, I think we're definitely going to be doing draft talk in general today. We we actually were supposed to do more Cowboys yesterday, but it ended up turning into draft talk because we kind of in that season anyway. But um, come on through later on the Vashon Boy Live show. Tomorrow, I'll be back reviewing another position. So it seems like what we're going to be doing here is we're going to be reviewing two or three positions each week. Um, I think we're flipping back to the offensive side. So come on through. We'll be back doing our hindsight review. Uh, Mo will be back on. He's been doing a fantastic job as usual for his uh, primetime show tonight. Make sure y'all check him out. And also check out A to Z Sports Dallas.com or A to Z, yeah, A to Z Sports Dallas.com. He, he has all the articles there. We got all of our writers doing great work over there as well. Hopefully, we get some news this week. We've been kind of on pins and needles about what the hell was going on. Uh, in regards to our defensive coach. But hopefully we get some news sooner rather than later as the Ben Johnson, the Detroit Lions are out, and the Ravens, Mike McDonald are out. Maybe those positions get filled, and we can focus on moving forward. All right? With that said... Push the goddamn button! Push the goddamn button! Yeah, definitely need more players like, like Freaky Ferg. Ferg is a word, man. 
Berg is the word. All right, appreciate y'all as always. Good stuff today. Appreciate y'all allowing me to vent a little bit too. I'll see y'all tomorrow. We out of here. Peace.